0: There's a simple way for us as well to learn how to love. First comes Jesus, then comes others, then yourself. That is the way to have true, J-O-Y, joy. Today we're gonna talk about God's counseling session. God's counseling session. Let's all turn to 2 Timothy chapter one And verse number 7, 2 Timothy chapter number 1, verse number 7, let's try to read this all together and let's all stand up for this one as well. It's just one quick verse, but it's a powerful verse. It says, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You may be seated. Now, I remember when I was back in Quebec, so I used to live in the French part of Canada, and back in Quebec, I was between 10 and 12. I can't remember specifically. We used to live in this apartment building. Now, this apartment building, it was pretty well run down, and uh, you could smell sometimes cigarettes coming out of the, the smell of cigarettes coming out of the, the carpets, You know, sometimes it smelled weird and funny. And uh, even the front entrance of this apartment building was not very secure. You could almost trick it with a credit card. You can open the front door and you can walk right into the apartment building. Okay, it must have been built in the 50s or something. Now, one of the things that every person who lives in this apartment building is entitled to is a storage unit. The storage units, you have to go through the garage, and then you'll find the storage units. These storage units, I'm telling you, the wood that these storage units were built out of were rotting, okay? (laughs) These, These units, anyone can break into them if they were strong enough. But somehow, these were our storage units. And I was so afraid to walk into these things, because they were so run down, and my neighbors were so weird, I would walk by sometimes, and I'd think, I think I saw a body over there. <laughs> and the worst part about this was that the lighting was so bad, it, you didn't. I think there was one light, and it was like, the whole thing was built like a maze. So as a kid who is 10, 11 years old, can you imagine when your parents tell you, Hey, could you go get this thing in the storage unit? <laughs> so here's what I would do. I would run through the garage, stop before I get to the storage units. I would open the door and then turn on the light. I run as quickly as I can, get whatever I can get that my parents told me to get, and then run out as soon as possible <laughs> because I was so afraid of what was in those storage units. Sometimes I thought, you know, what if there was a killer? <laughs> I was so afraid. Tonight, we're going to enter into God's counseling sessions and learn how to overcome our fears, right? This, uh, this morning, if you looked at the bulletins, there was a piece of paper that talked about the emergency numbers that you can call on. The emergency numbers that you could look up in your Bible when you are in need of help. Now, the thing is, it's a, it's a wonderful resource to have that, especially when we're dealing with fear. And we're going to talk about fear, but we have to also understand the devil tries to put us in bondage and in fear. It's one of his greatest tools and assets that he's used against Christians In 1 John 4.18, it says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. See, the world, it also understands that fear has a gripping power on us. It It has an understanding, at least, that when people have fear, it can debilitate them. That's why there's counselors, there are psychologists, there are psychiatrists. They exist because people have fears. In fact, I looked it up in Psychology Today, the website. They had an article, and it was written up. It's the top ten fears that hold people back in life. And according to the top ten fears, here they are. People fear change. People fear loneliness. People fear rejection. People fear failure. People fear uncertainty. People fear something bad is going to happen. People fear getting hurt. People fear being judged. People fear feeling inadequate. People fear the loss of freedom. These were the top 10. You see, what we find is that everyone, everyone, everyone has something they're afraid of. But God offers, perhaps, the best of all counsel. He offers the best counseling, and his door is always open. And he gives us three parts to his counsel to overcome fear. So before we begin, we're going to open up in a word of prayer and then get right into it. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for today. Lord, we know that you are not the author of fear. But, Lord, you want us to overcome it. You love us so much, and you want us to be able to have victories in our life. And perhaps, Lord, there is somebody who is going through fear. Even me, myself, sometimes I have fear, even to talk. But, Lord, I pray that you would help us to overcome fears, knowing your word, knowing your promises, knowing the power that is with you, and how much you're willing to pass on the power, Lord, we pray, Father, that you would work in our lives and help us, even through this message, to be able to catch the three parts of the council. I pray and thank you for it all, Lord, and I pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, the first part of the counsel, if you didn't catch it there, is power, God's power, right? That's the first part. And in God's counseling session, he first teaches us about his power, Jesus said when he gave us the Great Commission even, perhaps one of the scariest things, but he said, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Jesus has all the power. He can still the angry waves of the sea. He can open the eyes of the blind. He can open the ears of the deaf. He can raise the dead. There is no problem in your life that Jesus cannot overcome in fact he told the apostles to preach the gospel everywhere but first he told them to wait for the power that he would give them let's all turn to Acts chapter 1 Acts chapter 1 verse number 8 This is Jesus talking. He says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. So, what sort of problems do we often face? We as Christians, perhaps we often face issues at work and at work there's a whole range of issues that can take place. Sometimes, our issues come about in our schools. And as students, perhaps, the tests give us issues, or the studies give us issues. And sometimes, as students, we walk into a classroom, we have no idea what the teacher is talking about. teacher has gone on for about an hour, and we still have no idea what we're, they were talking about. And perhaps, sometimes, even when we come home, we have issues. Sometimes our health gives us issues. I've reached the age of 30, and I've started to notice issues. Sometimes finances also take a deep dive, or we struggle to raise up our finances back up again. Sometimes our relationships, they take a hit, and we struggle entirely to mend our relationships back again. And sometimes even... Certain decisions, they stress us out. And they stress us out to a point where we have anxiety that keeps us awake at night. These are just some things that require wisdom and require God's power. We need God's power for each one of these things because Satan, he would use these things to win. We need God's power to serve God and we need God's power to serve others as well. Remember, God is the one with the power. We need his help in order to have victory over our fears as well. Paul mentioned to the Philippians in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Without God, we can't make it. God's counsel for us in this first part is that we lean on his power. God's counsel for us is that we lean on His power. Okay? So, first part is God's power. What's the second part? Love. All right? Love. In God's counseling session, He teaches us that the second part of His counsel to overcome fear is love. His love. Okay? In 1 Corinthians 13, let's take a look there. 1 Corinthians 13. This is known as the chapter of love. 1 Corinthians 13, look at verse number 4, and we'll take a look all the way to verse number 8. So from 4 to 8. Okay, here's what it says. Charity suffereth long, and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Is not puffed up. Doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease; whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Well, you're probably asking yourself, wait, where's the love? (laughs) Well, the word charity is the love. Now, oftentimes when we put the word charity on Google and try to ask for a definition, Google will say something like, oh, charity, it's the voluntary giving of help or kindness and tolerance in judging others. But the biblical definition of this word charity, you may have heard of it. It's that Greek word, Agape, right? We've, we might have heard of this before. The word agape means it's the highest form of love. The highest form of love. The only person that can really love like that is Jesus Christ. So, that is why that first part of the counsel of God is so important. Because we need God's power in order to love like god makes sense right see in romans 5 verse 5 it says hope and hope maketh not ashamed because the love of god is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy ghost which is given unto us one commentator i was stunned by the way he put it but this this is what he said this love is the spring of all our actions it is the motive of our obedience The principle through which we love God, we love him because he first loved us. And we love him with a love worthy of himself because it springs from him. It is his own. It's wonderful. Because let me tell you another little story here. You all have heard of the Good Samaritan, right? Right? The Good Samaritan, something incredible about it is that Peter was the one talking with Jesus, right? Peter's talking with Jesus, and he asks him, Peter asks Jesus, who's my neighbor? And then Jesus' response was this story of the Good Samaritan. And how he puts it is that a story of a man who had nothing to gain, who went by the road and saw a Jew. Now, if you know the political context of this, is that Samaritans were hated by Jews, right? And so this Samaritan meets a Jew, and of all the people who could have helped that Jewish man who was on the side of the road, it wasn't the holy man, which was the priest. It wasn't the Levite. The Levites were the ones who were always in charge of being the doctors or the nurses of the time, but it wasn't that man either. It was this Samaritan man, who helped this Jewish man, regardless of the socio-political background. Because this Samaritan man, he saw this Jewish man just the same way that God saw that man, a human being in need of help. So that Samaritan man helps him out, and he doesn't even expect payment back because he leaves him in an inn. He tends to his wounds And leaves. He doesn't even get his payment back. Wow. That's an amazing story. I remember also reading another story of an amazing missionary. Her name was Gladys Aylward. Has anyone heard of that name? Gladys Aylward? Ooh. You know, my heart was extremely encouraged by her because she was known as the little lady who won China little lady because she was only four foot ten, about a whole foot under me. She was four foot ten, and she she didn't have much of an education. And she never also got married out in London, but she felt God calling her to missions work, to missionary work in China specifically in Yangcheng, if you want to check. She tried to enroll in the program that Hudson Taylor, a few decades ago, had established in China. Hudson Taylor established a program where missionaries can now go inland into China. So not the borders of China, but inwards. Okay? She was trying to be a candidate for that. She got rejected because she was unqualified. She failed every test they had but she was determined because God had called her to China. And so what she did was she determined to work as much as she can to make enough money to buy the ticket from London to China on a train. And there's some maps online that you can look up, but that is a treacherous long road, okay? That's longer than from east to west coast of Canada just to give you an idea. Eventually, she got the money and the Lord even brought money from friends and family. And she finally bought her ticket to go to China. On her way there, the Russian Revolution was taking place and some other wars were taking place. In the middle of winter, the train stops in Siberia. Siberia is extremely cold. So, she gets out of the train and she tries to make her way on foot to China, from Siberia to China. Luckily, Russian authorities stopped her and started questioning her because they felt like maybe she's some kind of a spy or something. But eventually, she found a way, and it's very blurry how she found this way, but she found a way onto a Japanese fishing boat, and this Japanese fishing boat was willing to drop her off in China. She got to China, but then, when she got to China, one big challenge was that she had no idea how to speak the Chinese language. (laughs) So, here's what she did. She ran a type of motel for travelers. In this motel, she would try and speak to these people, and year after year, her Chinese would get better and better and better and better. One day, as she was walking through Yangcheng, she saw a child, a young girl, who was about to get sold off. And she felt so much compassion for this little girl, she decided she was going to buy this girl. She adopted this girl. In, the, in fact, by the time between World War II and the time that, uh, that Gladys was in China, she had adopted 64 little children, all out of her own pocket. And she was helping them live in this motel that whole time. World War II came and there were Japanese forces that were coming into China. And this is the biggest part about her life. She started fleeing. She was the only adult. Sixty-four children behind her. They hiked towards the west of China. For 31 days, non-stop, 31 days, she ran, she hiked, and she walked with children and a little bit of rations for food. When they would get to one village, the village would close up because they were under attack. But they felt mercy for her because she was with all these children. So they would give her some rations but tell them uh, to go to to the next village and she would try and make it to the next village, and they would close, and they would close. By the end of her trek, for 31 days, it was said that she pulled off 1,300 kilometers on foot. And as she was going from village to village to village, not every child was saved, so she would bring them along with her. By the end of this whole thing, she had 94 children. 94 children. The most amazing part about Gladys was that they, these children talked about her amazing love. They would flock around her and they would love every day before, <clears throat> before they would start the trek to the next day and to the next day. When they would stop and uh, camp out so that they can sleep and get some rest, what Gladys would do is she would talk about Jesus' stories They loved hearing the parables. And what they talked about the most is how much Gladys reflected the same God that she spoke about. In fact, they gave her a a nickname, Iwada. Iwada means the virtuous one. It was quite amazing to read about her and see the love of God there's a simple way for us as well to learn how to love. First comes Jesus, then comes others, then yourself. That is the way to have true J O Y. Joy. Right? God's counsel for us to conquer our fear in this counseling session is to learn to love like he loves. But first we need his power, then we can love like he does. And then thirdly, we get to the sound mind, right? We get to the sound mind. And in God's counseling session, he teaches us third about having a sound mind. God has a sound mind. God has a sound mind and he wants us to have a sound mind also. It's very important, to because in Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We ought to have a sound mind. Successful living is a battle of the mind. Now, it's important to know that this doesn't take place overnight. It doesn't just happen all of a sudden. It takes time. We have to develop this. In Isaiah chapter 28, verse 10, It talks about, as it comes along slowly, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. It develops slowly. That's why we have our Bibles. Our Bibles. The the world tells us oftentimes that right is wrong and wrong is right. But... God tells us right is right and wrong is wrong in Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 let's turn there Joshua chapter 1 in verse 8 Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 it says this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Romans 12, 1 and 2 also mentions something. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed, and here it is, by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The word of God has the supernatural power to clean up our minds. The devil infiltrates us with the wrong type of thinking, and he hinders often our abilities to think properly, often with negative emotions, We have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, teaching us that uh, what is true and what isn't. So let the Spirit of God work on the inside by taking God's Word every day, by feeding on God's Word, and let it work its way outward. It first works in your heart, and then let it work its way outward. Trust God's process. If you would turn with me quickly here to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. This is an amazing Psalm talking about how amazing the Word of God is. In Psalm 119, verse 130 and verse 133, it says here, The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. And then, verse 133, it says, order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. You see, God loves us. He wants us to have these victories over our fears. God's counsel for us in his counseling sessions is to learn to have a sound mind through the Bible. Through the Bible. So I'm going to conclude not everyone is going to love a godly Christian. Okay, uh, there's a story about a mosquito, and I wanted to share it with you guys. A young mosquito went out flying for the first time in its life. Okay, the father asked, "How does it feel?" The mosquito replies, "It was great. Everyone was clapping for me." <laughs> the father replied. They weren't clapping for you. They wanted to kill you. The more they clapped, the more chances you are likely to die. Right? So, in life, not all people who celebrate you wish you well. So, we need to be careful because the enemy that will kill will not come with a sword, he's going to come with a smile. But don't fear. Don't fear. It's easy for us to feel depressed or discouraged about our circumstances in this world. And that's why God gives us a counseling session. We need his power to live a life of love and maintain a sound mind. Now, God's counseling session, there's a name for that. And we talked about it this morning in the morning service It's called the prayer closet. That's what we learned about this morning. So make sure to visit Jesus in the prayer closet every day for your counseling session. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.